Hello and welcome to another episode of It's a Real Struggle Podcast. I'm your girl Jenny Boom and we're back in full effect, honey. I think the world is going back to normal. I don't know. You tell me. I'm a little nervous. But anyway, (laughs) if you're new to the show, welcome to the show. Um, It feels good to be back. It feels good to have the confidence to continue to record and the motivation to keep the momentum going because it's been a struggle for real, okay? I'm hoping everyone is doing okay um, or trying to just cope the best way they can through the all the events that are going on right now. Um, I've gotten a little better, so I feel good that I've actually taken the time to recollect myself and rethink things and make sure I focus on the positive because yeah 2020 has been a very very interesting and tiring year so the best thing we can do right now is just love one another focus on what we got to get done make better while we have the time of what we know because we don't know what tomorrow or six months from now is going to look like but I hope y'all staying safe um I had my recent episode where I discussed about what's going on and shared my emotional thoughts on what's going on with the protests and and the systematic racism and the policing and all this that we have going on against the people of color. Um, And I'm hoping uh, that things do get better. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to laugh. I'm not necessarily a laughing matter, but... I'm just saying I really hope things do get better and that we all take action, that we all use our voice and our power in the right way and direct it towards the most important thing. And that's making sure we are registered to vote, make sure we're involved with our communities and that we make our voice be known. Okay, and I want to send all my love and support to everyone that's been out protesting for the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, There was a great celebration this past Sunday um, where we had a huge gathering in Hollywood off of on right on Hollywood Boulevard. And it was celebration of black trans lives matter. Um, And they had an all black lives matter thing set up. So I thought it was beautiful with the letters and and support of Pride Month because it is Pride Month. And it just feels good that everything was um, positive, uplifting, no violence, no craziness, a lot of celebrations. You ran into a few celebrities because they were marching as well, and everyone had their mask on. So it was a beautiful thing. Speaking of masks, with the COVID update, <laughs> y'all, everything is opening back up. I heard Miami's pretty much back in full effect. Vegas is opening back up. Atlanta's in full effect. Memphis, there's a few other areas. They're just in pretty much the whole South. Hate to speak too fast, but you know, it's just so nerve wracking. Um, <laughs> they open up everything and I'm pretty nervous. I have a couple friends and colleagues of mine that have traveled to those areas or are planning to travel to those areas because it's open and they want to get away. I understand the need to want to get away and wanting to be in a different space and just enjoy yourself, but please don't get it twisted. The COVID is still out here. People are still getting infected and it's no joke, okay? We don't really know what happens. Um, I've been reading um, stories from nurses on Twitter about um, the effects of people that have it because it hits everyone differently. 
And afterwards, some of them that were negative end up retracting COVID again, not by being out, it's just redeveloping their body. So once you get it, bless your heart, because you just don't know. I've been tested for the second time and I don't have it. I'm actually going to construct the antibody tests and see if I did. Maybe I had it and I was asymptomatic and my body fought it off. I don't know. Maybe I had it before it became a big announcement because I was sick in November. Excuse me. And um, it was a really extreme upper respiratory infection. Never had anything like it. So that could have been the COVID, but who knows? They just gave me codeine, some antibiotics, and put my ass to sleep. And some nasal spray, and I was better in like five days. So maybe it was. We don't know. But anyway, before we get into today's discussion, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Um, I'll be posting episodes hopefully every other week. Um, and soon I hope to have some guests again and to get that cracking and have those episodes available for you, not only on the Anchor app, which is also available on Apple, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, but also on YouTube. So let's get into today's topic. So we know it's Father's Day. Yay. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Um, and I really wanted to dedicate this episode today to my daddy, um, Mr. Rodney Sr., we'll say that, um, Rodney Griffin Sr. <laughs> um, he's, I love my father. Um, he's always been in my life and a part of my life. Um, maybe not as typical as your um, a typical everyday American dad, but He's there. So I can honestly say I have my father and I love my father. Um, but a little thing on Father's Day, what I've noticed throughout my whole 32 years of my life, Father's Day wasn't really celebrated as extreme as Mother's Day. Um, it was more of a, eh, I tell your daddy happy Father's Day, give him a hug, or just leave him alone on Father's Day. That's pretty much how we were told when it was Father's Day. Leave your father alone. Let him have a day. Let him have a day. Don't bother him. And we actually didn't bother him. We were actually a little frightened of him at times. He's still he's instilled fear in us, but not in an abusive way. Um, so with Father's Day, it wasn't really a big deal, but we still made cards for him. My mom would get a gift for him um, or just that day or get him beer or something just to so he can relax and just be to himself. Or sometimes he had to work because my father, he held down several jobs at one time. He did what he could to take care of the family. Um, so that's, you know, very good memories I have of my dad. And he's still around. He's not gone. Um, but when my mother was alive, God rest her soul, I mean, that was his queen. He did anything and everything for my mom. Um, he was just there. So pretty good. A lot of good examples I got from my father. Man, I've been, like I said, your typical everyday American dad. But he was my father, and he did his part, okay? So who is my daddy? Well, Mr. Rodney Griffin Sr., <laughs> he's of Afro-American descent. He's born in South Florida, and um, my family's background on my father's side, most of it hails from 
a small town called Payville, Georgia. So my grandfather, when he met my grandmother, they migrated to Florida, from what I was told, and they started their family in Riviera Beach, Florida. So my father was born and raised there. Um, my father did not graduate high school, um, didn't even get his GED, but he was a very hardworking man. So he learned how to earn a living, lived his life up until he got married to his first wife. And, you know, he wanted to start a family Whatever, my dad was like in his early 20s, ready to start a family, ready to do all the things. Because around, you were talking like, you know, early 80s, mid 80s. And that time, a lot of people were still focused on the let's get married, have a family, start our life. Um, my father was just, he didn't. He wanted to have a family, and his first wife wasn't ready for that. From what I was told, she was in school trying to get things together before she had a family with my dad. Um, so I guess in the midst of that, my father started messing around because my daddy's not perfect, y'all. He started messing around and met my mother, and my mother got pregnant with me. And so my father devoted to committing himself to my mother and they had four more kids after that supposed to be eight of us but four of them did not make it to this world um so with the four of us my father um well the beginning it wasn't that easy my mom did tell me stories of um still trying to hope that my father actually divorces first wife and get with her and whatever so my mom did struggle but my father's family were there for her 100%. They was there, and they made sure she had everything she needed. So that, what was told, and my mom actually agreed with that. Um, so she always has support in one way or another. Um, and plus, my mom was young, too. So my dad was 23, and then she was 21, 22, um, you know, in this, like, late 80s or whatever. Um, and, you know, she was just like, okay, how am I supposed to do with a kid? <laughs> You know, so good thing she had people in her life to help her. So my father turns out to be a father of four. Um, I, one memory, good memory, is my father was a chef. Um, I guess it probably was a cook at the time, but I consider him a chef. And he worked at the Breakers Hotel in Palm Beach, Florida. And I remember, you know, my dad coming home with the whole white um, chef suit on with the hat and stuff and you know, coming home tired, smelling like the kitchen. Never understood the smell, but as a kid, you didn't care. So you're just happy to see your dad. So it was always an interesting, strong smell. And then later I learned that's the kitchen smell when you work in the kitchen, that kitchen sweat. But anyway, so he did his part, worked one or two jobs or three um, to provide for the family. My mom didn't work until I think probably until my third sibling was a little older and then she started working as well and my family didn't make enough money at with the money I make I make two times more than they make collectively and you know it's I guess this is what they wanted they wanted to make sure their kids didn't have to struggle like they did um, because it was hard for them they were young parents trying to figure it out so when I see young families or young parents I don't give them a hard time because look I come from that my parents were young too so do the best you can um in addition to my father being a provider, he was definitely a sucker for my mother. Um, the, he came home, that check was in her hand every payday. Um, she wasn't always responsible with the money, but, because look, I'm keeping it real with y'all. Um, but at the same time, the respect level my dad did have for my mom at times, you know, but they weren't a perfect couple. They fought, they bickered, they did all of that. My dad, he was, he's a very stubborn man. 
oof, I mean, good luck trying to get him to do something you want him to do. He wouldn't do it. But when it came to me, daddy's little girl, and he had two other girls that he admired a lot, um, he did anything. He would do anything for us. Um, definitely if it was for good reasons. So when I wanted my first computer, he and mommy figured out how to get it. You know, when I wanted a radio or a Walkman, he figured out how to get it. Um, so he made it accessible for my mom to be able to get whatever I asked for. Um, and also at the same time, you know, he made sure that we were good and ready for school. He made our lunches every day. Um, the good memories of my dad with as a kid was just waking up and he's like, get up, make your bed, to get ready for school, come eat your breakfast, grab your lunch. And it was a brown paper bag. You always had a bologna sandwich, cookies, chips, and a, a little juicy juice or whatever, or the little hugs juice, you know, the little, you know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> the little ghetto juices. Anyway, <laughs> they were good though, okay? Um, sometimes there'll be a honey bun in there, you know. <laughs> sometimes he hooked us up with oatmeal raisin cookies or something. Like, he always made sure he gave us what we needed um, to get through the day. And um, my greedy self was eating the lunch my daddy gave me and getting my free lunch. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> it's the wait. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but when we got home from school, he was very serious on um education. He wanted us to learn. He made me read. I had to read a dictionary. Um, but I love to read. So it was fun to just like learn new things. And um, he always played music. Like he, I'm a huge music lover because of him of all genres, except for country music. Don't judge me and don't at me. Um, but he was really, really good with just playing music. You know, he'll if Friday or Saturday night, he'll have the TV on mute but playing his boombox with the big old speakers, the tall ones, the little tower speakers and stuff that pretty much took most of your living room, um, blasting it away, playing all his goodies and new jams, old jams. Like I got into New York hip hop because of my dad. I learned about West Coast hip hop because of my dad. I learned about rock because of my dad um, and my mom. I learned about blues, soul music, pop music, whatever. He, he was very big on being diverse in what you like and find your own style. And with him, he, of course, he liked the hit songs, but there were other songs he would like because he was the type, listen to the whole album. Back in the day, you listened to the whole album and he was big on, when you listen to these albums, make sure they tell a story, you know? So he was real, real big on that. And I, I love that about him. Okay, so, <laughs> so my father... Wasn't always good. There were issues, like I said, my parents did have a lot of, you know, back and forth and violence. There was a little domestic violence here and there. I'm just keeping it real. Um, but at the end of the day, he did what he could for his family. Up until when I was about 15 or 16 years old, my mom decided to end things with my father. And things did not get good. Um, they, We had to move. We were homeless for a while. And my father became more um, sick with alcoholism. So he was drinking a lot more, bouncing from house to house, really trying to just, I guess, figure things out and to get his family back. Because that's what mattered to him was his family. He didn't really care too much about all the lavish things or whatever. What he cared was that his family was good. Um, so 
way my mother decided to end things, that pretty much crushed his world. Um, even though we was on mommy's side and defending her and all of that, you know. Typical Leo mother. <laughs> my father was a Leo too, so two Leos in the household. Let me make this clear, because I will do an episode on zodiac signs. Let me tell you something. Leos, do not date your own. Y'all, y'all don't work together. It may be hot and steamy, but y'all don't work together. I've seen it with my parents. No, it was a lot of fighting, a lot of arguing. It was a hollering match, okay? Or who's the king lion of the damn household, okay? That's what it sounded like to me. Two lions roaring, roaring, roaring for the stardom, okay? (laughs) But at the end of the day, my mother was the queen, so it didn't matter. So, you know, when my parents split, they were never legally married. They were common-law married because my mom didn't believe in marriage, Um. But my father, he wanted to marry my mom so bad, but she didn't want it. But he he, he went with her request and, and didn't do it. But common law, they were together for over 22 years, so they were married um, in the state of Florida um, by common law. So things that I learned from my father, um, up to when my parents split, I was upset because in my teen years, I needed my dad more than anything. Um, that was the time I was starting to like boys. I think when I was like 13, he talked to me and said, you know, focus on your education. Um, don't really focus too much on, on boys. Focus on getting your life together and being able to survive in this world as an individual. His biggest thing was just making sure that his daughter did not fall for no okey-doke bullshit. Because I was very impressive in my teens. I mean, impressionable, Sorry in my teens. (laughs) You could impress me with a lot of stuff, okay? Um, So me being out there, learning my hormones rising, I'm in puberty, and and, and there's all this happening. Um, He was really big on making sure that I was a lady first. And he told me straight up, don't take care of no man fully. He should be taking care of you, you know? And I don't mean like a gold digging type of style. What I mean is um, well, he told me, he definitely said he don't mean no gold digging type style. He was like, he means by making sure that I'm not the one doing everything, paying for everything. And there was a time my mom was the breadwinner because my father, he got severely into his alcoholism. Um, and he still battles with it today, but he still finds a way to still take care of himself. So that's something I still admire about him. Even dealing with his addiction, he finds a way to take care of him. Um, but you know, he, he wasn't doing much. My mom didn't want to deal with that anymore because this man used to give her the world and all of a sudden he gave up. Um, so that was just a lot to deal with. But what I learned from him, my father was to how to live and survive in this world. He taught me to be self-sufficient. He taught me the value of work. When I turned 15, he was like, go get a job. Of course I didn't want no job. I enjoyed being spoiled. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but he really made sure that his kids knew the ins and outs, if allowed it, because my brother was spoiled and my other two sisters, I mean, whether if they paid attention or not, you know, they could learn a lot. But me, I was all under my dad. My dad was my first love. So I was all up under him wanting to learn everything because I was admired by just how resilient and strong he was um, before the alcoholism. And then um, he taught me also how to be strong because think we're going to go through things in this world. He made it clear, you're a young, pretty girl, 
And a lot of people are going to take advantage of you in many ways. So you need to learn how to stick up for yourself, which led to me defending my brother a lot when boys would try to fight my brother and I would want to beat him up. Well, I would start fighting him, you know, swinging and stuff. Girl swinging, okay? Um, <laughs> and my dad got to come get me off of them and the boys didn't want to hit me back because, you know, they were taught not to hit a girl. Um, so no boys really hit me back. I was just, ah, you know, fighting. But anyway, but that's the strength of just learning to be strong. And now with my father's condition, um, I call him more of a free man. Um, he's not like, like I said, he's not your typical American dad. Um, he lives where he wants to live. For a minute, he was on the streets. And, um, you know, he didn't have two dimes in his pocket, okay? Um, and there were times where I resented that because I knew my dad could do better because I was thinking about the dad that I grew up with, the dad that I, you know, watched and admired growing up as a little girl. I wanted my father to do so much more than he what he's doing now. Um, and especially when my mother passed away, um, he pretty much let go completely, and I didn't understand why my siblings were upset too, but we were trying so hard. And what I, it was one time I got into a heated conversation with him when I was in Florida dealing with the funeral arrangements and stuff. And I want him to be there. He didn't come to the funeral and I was heartbroken because I want him to be there. Um, what I realized, even though I was upset with him, was that he's mourning too. And probably he wasn't strong enough to be able to come and say his goodbyes to her because he felt like he failed her. He wanted to save her. He he said that I could have saved your mama. I could have. I wasn't there. And, you know, and instead of just listening to his words, we resented him for not being strong for us. But then at the same time, he's human. He's dealing with a lot. He's trying to figure out how to be, you know, and and fighting with alcoholism and all of that. And it's like, okay, I, at that point, it took some years, but now I set my father for who he is because no one is perfect. So he, just with him and him alone as a human being, I learned to accept people for who they are and what they show you, and that's what it is. There's no way I can change my father. I could give him all the money in the world. That will not change him. I could give him a place to stay. He can get up and leave when he wants to. And he's done that several times when I was living with my ex. I'm like, you can stay with us for a little bit, you know, until you get on your feet. And the next day he'd be gone. So you couldn't hold him down. You couldn't tell him what to do. You couldn't contain him or nothing. He went and did his own thing. So after a while, I learned that, I can't force him to do anything I want him to do. He's going to find his own way, whether it be when he gets close to his 70s or 80s or in a couple of years or a couple of days. Um, the last time I spoke to him was maybe about two months ago. And um, I mean, I did everything I could to keep constant contact with him. I got my dad a whole iPhone, y'all. I don't know what happened to it. He probably sold it. I don't know. But he got rid of the iPhone. <laughs> so I just say, you know, when I get to talk to him, I talk to my family, and I love and thank my family for always allowing me to reach out when I need to hear from him. Or if he wants to talk to me, they call me. I make sure I'm available. I tell him, call me. I will answer that phone, you know, so I can talk to him if he ever needs to talk to me. When I see him, I try to give him money, and if I have a little, I give him some money. He's like, let's go to the store, take me to the store. 
and half the time I don't want to take him to the store because I know he's going to go buy beer. But sometimes I, I give in because I'm like, this is the only moments you have with him, even if they aren't perfect or not the way that you want it, it's still your father. Love, honor, and respect him. Um, so, you know, he will always have my unconditional respect no matter what and love because... You know, I'm accepting him for who he is. And I'm not ashamed. It was funny because in grad school, funny story, a lot of people were asking me about my father. and Like, oh, your parents would be so proud and this and that or whatever. And I knew if they were full of shit, I would put them in their place. And I was like, well, they are proud. Unfortunately, my mother is not alive and my father's homeless. So, yeah. And they were like, oh, oh. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's like, you know, mind your business. <laughs> you know, just because I'm a woman of color, an Afro-Latina, you want to sit here and, oh, my God, your family should be so proud. Oh, they, they are, you know. But we come from two different worlds, honey. Don't don't get it twisted. But anyway, <laughs> we'll digress from that. Um, but he was so proud. I remember the last time that I seen my dad cry was... Um, I, I gave I let him know I was going to University of Miami. That's his favorite university. University is his favorite college football team. And he was crying. He was like, my baby going to school and this and that. He didn't come to my graduation. I was upset about that because he could have came, but he didn't show up. Um, but, you know, I didn't hold it against him because I knew what I was dealing with. You know, he still suffered from alcoholism. Um, I don't know if there's any other health conditions. Find out whenever he lets us take him to the doctor. So to close it out, um, one last thing I did learn from my dad is to what to expect from men in relationships. Um, you know, like his, my, his relationship with my mom was not perfect. He really tried his best and did his best, like, to make sure that we were good to make sure we had a roof over our heads. We moved a lot, um, but we always had food on the table, whether it was at my grandparents' house or our own place. He always made sure we had food on the table. I never went hungry. I mean, the lights got cut off. Sometimes the water got cut off, and there were survival techniques on that. But we always had food on the table, and he always found a way whether if he needed to ask family or get another job or pawn something, he found a way. So my advice to everyone out there, please do not judge a book by its covers or their circumstances. You never know what they're really going through. And he made it clear. The relationship may look good on the outside because you look at the pictures like, oh, my God, your parents are beautiful. And they are beautiful, beautiful couple. But it wasn't all peaches and cream in the background. So I understand that the relationships are not going to be perfect. But make it work and make sure it's good for you and make sure it's not toxic because they were toxic. But they love each other. I did admire the love my dad had for my mom. Like it was so strong. And you can't take that away from him. Um, even when my mom moved on and got a new boyfriend, oh, my dad was distraught, okay? And he was talking to other people himself, too, but he it never lasts because he wanted my mom. So it was just to see that love, like, yeah, he couldn't let go, but he didn't want to. It was he wanted to make it work, so, you know, but to each his own. And then 
Another was the never take care man. He should be catering to you. So I appreciate him for giving me the insight because I've been duped a couple times. Um, but I knew how to quickly get out of it. Um, so with our relationship now, we're still very, very good. Um, I, like I said, I talked to him recently and my aunt was like, download Duo. So whenever he's around, you can video chat him and um, he can video chat you and still keep that connection. So I love you, daddy. And I hope that you have a wonderful Father's Day. I know your kids are not close by, but we all got love for you. Like at the end of the day, if he hollers for me, I'll do what I can to make sure I can be accessible for him. Um, and he told me he wants to come visit California, so we got to get him out here, y'all. Um, <laughs> my father's never been on an airplane, and I've been on an airplane plenty of times. See? Growth. Evolution. But anyway, but I got some questions for y'all. Um, so y'all to think about on this wonderful Father's Day. Um, you know, how did your father impact your life? Um, if you didn't have, if your father was not in your life, whether by choice or unfortunate circumstances, who did or do you look up to as a father figure in your life? Because a father figure doesn't really always have to be um, someone that gave you life. It could be an uncle. It could be a mentor. It could be anyone that actually showed you the way um, in a positive manner of what to do with your life and to have a better outcome. And how are you honoring your father or father-like figure on Father's Day? Um, heck, whoever you look at to as a father figure, it could be a celebrity. It could be a, a comic person. I don't know, a comic book person. It could be anything. Um, but how are you honoring them today on Father's Day? Um, you know, what will be the thought of the celebration for, you know, what he has done for the family and for you? I know with COVID, y'all, please be careful out there. <laughs> Please, we don't know what this second wave gonna look like, but if you can do anything special for your dad, you know, see what he likes, see what makes him happy, what makes him smile, and go from there. That's my advice. Um, unless he likes to go out to eat or whatever, make sure you're practicing social distancing, make sure that restaurant is not full of people. Um, if it is, do a cookout at the house or something, I don't know. Um, give him some money or buy him something that you know he may need. So that's all I have for the Father's Day episode, y'all. <laughs> Try not to get a little too sentimental because I do miss my daddy and I love him. And I wish he was here in California. Um, but like I said, I could give him a place to stay, but he could probably leave the next day. Um, you know, and the homeless population out here is a little too extreme. I'm not sure if I want him involved in all that. But anyway... Um, feel free to reach out to me. Let me know what you think of today's episode, or if you want to share your insight on your father and answer the questions I had for you all, um, let me know and I'll share it on the next episode. I'll be happy to. Um, so with that, um, you know where to reach me. I'm available on Instagram on at it's a real struggle podcast on Twitter at real struggle pod. You will be able to find this audio episode on the Anchor app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And my episodes that I recently have, um, 
with guests or a few of them with just me. If you want to see the visual, won't have one for this episode, but for any other episodes you like to catch up on and see the visual, it's available on YouTube. Just search It's a Real Struggle Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe, y'all. Share, comment. It helps my page out a lot and you know, helps me get more opportunities to do more with the page so it's more convenient and conveniently entertaining for you. Um, and I'm also on Facebook. Just search It's a Real Struggle Podcast. And if you want to reach out to me, talk to me, or learn more about my dad, <laughs> or just have any questions for me, you want to connect with me, you can hit me up on Instagram at Miss Jenny Boom. That's at M-I-S-S Jenny Boom. Or you can send me an email. I do have an email. And it's it's jennyboom at gmail.com. That's I-T-S jennyboom at gmail.com. Okay, y'all. So I wasn't going to take too much of your time. I want to thank you again for listening to another episode of It's a Real Struggle podcast. Please stay safe out there. Please continue to practice social distancing. Wear your mask. Okay? Wear your mask and stay moisturized, stay hydrated. It is summertime. Please, we don't have time for no heat exhaustion. If you're out in Arizona, in Nevada, please stay safe with the fires. The wildfires that are going on is pretty extreme. If you don't know about it, check it out. And until next time, y'all.